Hi, I'm Simone W. Johnson-Smith, and welcome to the Immigrant Experience in America. Are you a professional new to the United States and struggling to monetize the expertise you brought across the seas? Are you feeling misunderstood and out of touch because you're struggling to understand the unstated rules of the American culture? Each week, we'll take an in-depth look at the positive contributions immigrants are making to the American culture, marketplace, and life. Our intention is to serve as a bridge from your culture to the American culture, giving you a roadmap of tools and the language to understand the unstated rules of the American culture. Let's get started. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. The Immigrant Experience in America is designed to amplify the successes and challenges of immigrant Americans in the United States. Our goal is to create a human library of immigrant stories. We're available wherever you listen, for example, Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. Wherever you listen, be sure to subscribe to receive up-to-date episodes. On this episode, we'll be speaking with uh, Lillian Medina from Colombia. Lillian is a human rights advocate who has developed her career as an immigration law and policy expert, serving immigrant survivors of gender-based violence and other marginalized individuals in the United States. Lillian is originally from Colombia, as I mentioned before, where she got her law degree in 2009. She has a master's degree in international law and human rights with, special, with a special focus on gender issues from American University, my alma mater as well, and is currently working on her master's in public policy at George Mason University in the Washington, D.C. area. For over a decade, Lillian has worked with nonprofit organizations to create and implement programs that support justice for immigrants and particularly women in the Latina community. Lillian is also the co-founder of the Bridge Sisters, a U.S. woman-owned business that provides bilingual communication in English and Spanish, outreach and development services to help nonprofits maximize the impact of their work. The Bridge Sisters focus is helping organizations that directly promote gender equality in the United States. So welcome Lillian. Tell us a bit more about your, uh, your personal, your family or anything personal that you'd like to add to your bio. Thank you. Thank you so much, Simone, for the invitation. I'm very excited to be here and I hope people find uh, my story and my journey inspiring, I guess, and helpful to, um, to their own, you know, experiences. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, I think you, I think you said it all. The only thing I would add is yesterday uh, was my 12th anniversary in DC. 12 years ago, I arrived to DC um, without knowing what was going to, you know, what the future was going to bring to me. And I'm so happy I did. So I'm celebrating that uh, anniversary. Well, congratulations and happy 12th anniversary in the D.C. area. Can you uh, share a little bit about, you know, uh, the story that you shared regarding your dad's invitation and how you finally came about to doing, making that big leap from Colombia to the United States? 
Yes, yes. So first, uh, I, I like people to know that I was born and raised in the city of Cali, Colombia. It is also known as the world's capital of salsa, for those of you who don't know. I always say that uh, the Caleños learn how to dance salsa before they learn how to walk. <laughs> so, wow. uh, yes, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a big salsa culture. So I just want to shout out all my people in Cali because I miss them all. Um, my parents are both from Colombia. And they separated when I was when I was a little baby. So I had two families since I was very young and very lucky. You know, the people that my parents chose to um, as their parents in life were kind and loving to me. So then my dad, so I was telling you, my dad moved to Florida in the early 2000s, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then mainly because of some traumatic experiences that he had with violence in the city. Uh, but honestly, I also think that my dad is a natural explorer. Uh, I know that he moved in search for safety, uh, but I also know that he probably was craving a new start. And um, he was, and I, I still think he, he's, a, he's a true believer of the American dream. And he wanted to move because he wanted to pursue his American dream. He wanted a new life. Um, and, and he wasn't afraid of the challenge, which, uh, honestly he had many, um, my dad didn't speak the language very well. Anyways, uh, back in Colombia, he was an attorney and a CPA, and he had a professional job with, uh, a, a good salary. Um, I, I, I would say, uh, from what I remember and none of that mean much when you are a brand new immigrant in a new country right so so when he moved he took a, a painting job uh, in his 40s and he went back to school not only to learn the language but to try to uh, I guess validate it, his degree I think that's the word um, here so I have a lot of love and admiration for my dad because you know he went through a lot pursuing what he thought was better and safer, a better and safer future for him. And uh, so that I could enjoy that life too. So um, after about three or five years, I, I don't remember very well, I was probably 19. Uh, he asked me if I wanted to move and live with him in the US. I was, I was back in Cali with, living with my mom. Um, and I was in like third or fourth year uh, of college. Um, I know I was very young. <laughs> and um, I had a pretty fun and interesting life. There. I, um, I had all my friends and my mom, and a whole support network that I didn't want to let go of. Um, so I wasn't very convinced. Uh, I'm an only child also. But I come from a big family and we were very close. I was very close to my cousins. Some of them were like my siblings. And I had uh, already lost a big chunk of my close family when I was about 13 or, or 14, 15. I, don't, I, I can't remember because many of my cousins uh, on my mom's side of the family had migrated to Spain in the late 90s. Um, with their parents, which are, you know, my aunts and uncles, in search for, for a better future. The truth is, my family 
didn't come from money. And many of my aunts and uncles had lost their jobs and didn't have any higher education. So it was hard to make a living. And, and they decided to, to go, to move, um, and to offer my cousins a better future and better chances than, than what they had. So um, I would hear their stories about how hard it was to adjust to the European culture. And honestly, the idea of moving to a place where I didn't have a support network and where I didn't even spoke the language was terrifying. Um, so no, I, I wasn't really thrilled with my dad's proposal. <laughs> And uh, however, he insisted and uh, he did all the immigration paperwork to give me a chance or that's how he would say it. Right. He wanted to give me a chance to come and see if I liked it. Um, and, and so I did. I arrived to Miami for the first time in 2008. Um, and to be honest, <laughs> I didn't like it that much because um, I didn't speak the language. And I realized oh. that. Even though many people spoke Spanish, if I wanted to make a career and have, you know, the, the fun and interesting life that I had in, in Colombia, I needed to learn the language to understand how things work here. So um, fortunately, at the time, I had a really good boyfriend, very nice guy uh, who supported me through this process and and this person helped me really discover and navigate all the options that I had at the time. Um, I remember he would always say like, you know, uh, a lot of people really want this opportunity. You have it. You have to take it. Uh, so that was very nice. You know, those are some of the people that I believe God put in your path when you're, when you can't see things. So, um, so yeah, I, um, through that advice and, and and after you know he helped me kind of navigate the options that I had uh, one of them was to find a volunteer uh, or internship position whatever it was unpaid um, in a city where Spanish wasn't as easy to access that than it was in Florida because I realized that it was going to take me longer to do that but at the same time I was like if I move to another city I don't have family in other cities. So I had to do that by myself, which was terrifying. But at the same time, you know, if I, if, to find meaning on staying here, I, I kind of had to do it. So I found a volunteer position at, uh, at a nonprofit organization um, in Washington, DC. They did, um, they were, they did legal support, basically provided legal support to immigrants who have survived gender base violence and and so I moved and on February 4th 2010 I arrived to DC only with that you know with that kind of set that volunteer uh, position at Mil Mujeres and um, yeah I, I also remember that on uh, if you if you look on the internet you probably find that February 4, we had one of the biggest snowstorms in the city. Oh, like wow. in decades. And I had never seen the snow in my life. <laughs> wow. 
So that was very, very interesting. And um, so I, I got here uh, to DC and I liked the vibe of the city better, even though I was miserable because of the cold. Um, by the way, Cali is a, it's a very warm city uh, it, and we don't have seasons, right? Like the entire year we're, we're like between the 80s and hundreds, <laughs> just to give you an idea. More so, of a tropical type of uh, environment, right? Yes. So, so I was here and, and I didn't even have the proper clothing. Thank God my friend, uh, Manuela, because I was traveling from Mexico from, that's where my um, boyfriend at the time lived. And, and my friend Manuela gave me like this big jacket and, you know, like these pants that you put under your pants when it's too cold. But other than that, right. I didn't have any clothing for the weather. Um, so, but Despite that, I really found DC to be uh, a very welcoming place for me. Um, I like that, for instance, in a, it was different than Florida in a sense that you didn't need a car to move in DC, right? Like you could take the metro or the bus. And that was more of what I was used to uh, back in Colombia, right? That, that being in Florida made me feel like I wasn't very independent, and DC gave me that independent vibe, right? Like if I want to go to the store, I can just walk, you know, and that type of thing. So I really liked the city and I really liked the diversity of the city. Uh, it, it made it very interesting to me. Um, so yeah, I, I came, I started doing uh, my volunteer work at Mil Mujeres. At the same time, I went to school to learn English for about six months. Uh, and I also found uh, a place to, it was a group house in Tacoma Park um, where I lived with other five people and none of them spoke Spanish, which really like <laughs> my survival skills kicked and uh, with some classes and I was almost fluent, I want to say in about four months. It wasn't perfect. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Full immersion yeah. in the it English was 100 percent i wasn't it, it wasn't perfect of course i mean i mean it still is not perfect <laughs> but um but it was enough for me to you know navigate the system and uh i was also working at a restaurant so once like after four months i was able to um become like a server and uh you know make more money that way um, and so I worked at that restaurant for like 10 months until the nonprofit was able to hire me because at the time they were very small. Like it was the executive director who was the legal director too. <laughs> and I was kind of like his assistant. Uh, and then after about nine or 10 months, they were able to actually like hire me, which was awesome and amazing. Um, and then so I started as a paralegal when they hired me um and that really gave me purpose right because then after that um after I learned the language really it made a huge difference right because I was able to um you know communicate with more people and learn more about the culture uh, and ask questions and you know just enjoy the life of the city um and that made a huge difference so after about I think after about four or five months I was like okay dad I like it <laughs> uh, <laughs> I found a job and, um, and, and I started, you know, starting for the uh, English test that I had to take to in order to, to go to American University. Um, so I found purpose and I, um, and I found purpose in a city that I'm, I'm very grateful that, that this was the city um, 
that I arrived in because DC, uh, and I know a lot of people would say, you know, about things about the DC culture and how like everybody is, it's all about networking and uh, politics and all that. But I mean, for me, my experience was like, it was a very welcoming, diverse place um, where despite the challenges, I, I really felt at home here. That's wonderful to hear. So for can you tell us a little bit more when you say DC reminded you more of a big city in Colombia, are you referring to Bogota or some other city? Because um, I have never been, I've always wanted to go. It, um, it was on my radar, has been on my radar for quite some time, but I, and I heard it's the rich culture and so forth. I have a close friend from Colombia as well, from my time overseas in Mexico. Um, can you give us a sense for, you know, like what life is like in like what a big city that compares to DC? Yeah. Um, so, so when I would say that is, I, I, I grew up in Cali, so that was like my hometown and, uh, I I've been in other uh, cities in the country, but that's kind of like where I spent my, uh, younger life in. Um, and, and, and in a sense, I find it very similar to DC because, um, you know, if compared to other cities or places in the U S, um, mobility is like super easy, right? Like everything is kind of like in the same area, right? And and there is there's a culture to it. So in Cali, um people I want to say like people move a lot around like the culture of music, not only salsa. Salsa is it's a big part of it, but music really. Uh, I had a friend who went to um, she's from she's from Paris and she went to Cali um, a few months ago and she was like people like she was like it feels like people move in Cali people move to the rhythm of music right like you know how like in New York everything is busy and people walk and you kind of feel like the busyness of the city I want right. to say Cali you feel the music flowing through the people and I know it sounds weird but when she when she met when she said it that way I was like that's absolutely right um so so yeah I mean it's it's a it's a city I want to say like any other Latin American city with a with a huge culture and uh respect for art it's a very artistic place um and and especially for the art of music uh, so there's a lot of also culture around the food because uh, we're we are uh, at the Pacific near the Pacific coast of the country. Um, so so there's a lot of um, uh, Afro descendant um, population. So that's another thing that reminds me of uh, Cali. Most people in Cali are uh, what people call here like Afro Latinos um, in in the city right and and that's kind of like how dc is there's a lot of people that are like not from dc that come here for work or school uh, but dc itself it's it's mostly kind of like a a city uh, of african-american people right um and that uh, that to me i don't know it reminded me a lot of of the culture and the richness of the culture because of that okay i get it i get it I love Latin music, okay? I got introduced to it in 
college in my undergrad by my Mexican Spanish teacher. And I remember going to salsa classes every Friday in Kansas City with my friends. And we would just spend hours on a Friday night just enjoying the vibe. And um, then I, when I went to Havana, I took some classes there. Uh, interestingly, I couldn't find anywhere in Mexico City when I was there. But I tell you, um, I completely get what you mean. That music moves me. And whenever I'm in that environment, I think that's probably one of the places that I am the happiest. I can't explain it. Yeah. There's a big <laughs> smile on my face. My hips are moving. And I feel like I just let go of everything. And there's a part of my personality that comes out that I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people who know me probably have never seen unless they've actually seen me dancing. So I get you. And now I'm, I want to go to Cali even more. Oh, my uh, God. You would love it. Right? <laughs> oh, wow. So beautiful place. I've heard great things. Um, but yes, you're bringing home some of what I've been hearing. Um, so, wow, you came fearless. You were fearless, you know, because some of the steps that you made in a, a whole new country, then you moved away from your support system, from your dad moved in with a group of people, um, found a job. I mean, that's the, that's the immigrant thing to do. You just work with whatever you have and you make lemonade out of what you have in front of you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the immigrant mentality. We just make things work. We're problem solvers. I mean, I, and, and I remember like I'm, I'm 34 now, I'm 34. Yes, I'm 34. <laughs> and, um, and I, I think about all the things that I did when I arrived, like I went to classes, like, like my, my English class started like at, I don't know, like 7.30 in the morning in like Silver Spring. And then I remember I was there until like noon and then I would run to um, Mil Mujeres, you know, cause I like that's, so I learned English and then I wanted to learn uh, about the legal system and, you know, kind of like put my my foot into what my career was going to be in the future and that was what this nonprofit was offering for me so at 12 I would go there and then at five I would run to the restaurant where I worked because <laughs> I needed to make money <laughs> to like live right because the, mm -hmm. the the nonprofit wasn't paying me at the time because I couldn't um and then I would work at the restaurant until like 10 11 sometimes midnight and then you know go to bed talk to my family if I could. And then the next day, again, you know, it's like, wake up 530, because at seven, I had to be at class 12, I had to be at the nonprofit five, I had to be at the, at the uh, restaurant. And my life was crazy. <laughs> mm. Wow, but you really, you, you probably really experienced so much of the city. I mean, you were working and you exposed to your colleagues at work, then in the Spanish class, the, the lives of probably other students, the people you're living with. I mean, that's life in DC. It's, it's not as fast as New York, but a lot of people are working and they're about it. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. They're going after their goals. So you just kind of flowed right into that. I guess that was your personality before having gone to law school and, and being in Cali and, and so forth. So you just fit right in. I, I guess I didn't know I was also young like I was 20 it was okay okay yes but that was very um how what's the word am I looking for you were very bold to step out like that to get go to DC on your own at 20 
That's amazing. Yeah. And um, and now you've been there 12 years. But I, I do love that area, too. I lived in Silver Spring for some time. Uh, and that's how we um, cross paths with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, I think about Maryland. They great restaurants, um, awesome people uh, in that area there. So no, love it, love it. So So after you, you know, you found a way to finance, stay in DC, you're learning English and so forth. You know, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what were some of your plans at the time? Did you have an American dream? Sounded like you graduated from law school already. So how did you, um, how did things develop from there? And um, some of the challenges then that you may have had, you know, getting to the next place or the next goal point for you? Yeah, so I, I, I didn't think I had an American dream itself because I didn't, I, I wasn't thinking like um, that I was going to stay or at least I didn't see it like an American dream. But right. I realized, uh, when I realized that um, all the opportunities that I had, um, all I, I wanted to do was to be a professional in doing what I love the most. I I find that uh, we came to this world, and I truly believe that we came to this world uh, at least to try to make it a better place. And I find purpose in seeking justice for people like like my family who had to migrate and had to face discrimination just because they were trying to live with dignity and you know find a better future. And and that was my dream. Uh, at the time, I wanted to, you know, I went to law school because I, I, I wanted to advocate for what I thought it was right. Um, and, and the biggest challenge, I think, is uh, that one of the first things I learned is that even though I had a law degree from Columbia, and I was soon to be, uh, when I moved uh, in, in 2008, I was soon to be a licensed attorney there that didn't necessarily mean anything here. So I was not only going to need to learn the language and navigate the culture, but I had to also like validate my credentials and for for some people that can take many many years and tons of money it's very challenging right because whatever uh, career you have or like whatever you did in your in your country you come here and the system doesn't know what to do with that and, and what to do with uh, with us immigrants and all the talent and knowledge that that we have so so Yes, that that yeah, the system has has placed ways to, where you can um, when you can you know make your credentials valid here, uh, but it takes time. For for some people, it takes years and and a lot of money uh, to do that, and that really hits you hard. Mm. It, it hit me hard because it it sends a message as a newcomer full of insecurities it kind of tells you that you're not worth it, right? That in Mm -hmm. my case, all those five years in college and hard work and internships, they didn't matter, right? And and the underlining of that is that I didn't matter. Um, So so that was a big challenge for me to to learn how to get myself up uh, 
from that place of feeling insecure and move on, right? Um, also, like when, when you're learning a new language, and I always remember, I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with the show, uh, Modern Family, where... Um, yes. Mi compatriota Is that with Sofia? Sofia Vergara, yes. Yes. She says something that I think represents so much of, of how I felt. And it was, she said, like, do you know how smart I sound in Spanish? <laughs> Because <laughs> when you're learning a new language, you kind of like, you feel like you sound like an idiot, right? Like you don't sound as smart as you are. And, and people kind of treat you that way. Um, even, even if they're not aware that that's what they're doing. Um, and, and it really hit me hard. So I think one of the main challenges to that dream that I had was to get myself up in a place where I didn't have the support network, um, to kind of like hold my hand and be like, you can do this, right? I did have it because I talked to my mother and she's, uh, oh my God, my mother, she's the same. She's, she's the... I think she's the pilot of my support network in my life. And she, you know, she would always encourage me, even though it was very hard for her to, to see me go. Um, but it's, it's difficult when you're like surrounded by people that could be your friends, but it's hard for you to communicate with them anyway. So I think for me, that was the biggest challenge. The fact that I was confronted with a system that didn't know what to do with me and with my talents and, and with my knowledge. And I had to navigate it um, without being able to communicate for a period of time uh, and feeling like my experiences and, and, and my background and, and my profession didn't matter here. Okay. Join us next week for part two of this episode. Tune in next week for another episode of The Immigrant Experience in America. As this is a new podcast, we welcome any and all support. If you have not done so already, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can also support us by completing a five-star rating and review and sharing our podcast with your friends, family, and circle of influence.